sure appreciate the song service. It was so uh, the patriotism and the feelings of adoration and appreciation for our nation is such a blessing. It's inspiring to us. Uh, Kai, that song that you sung was really a blessing. Thank you so much for sharing that gift with us. And um, all of you that participated so far in our service, I, I wanted to try to continue today in a theme I thought started last week uh, entitled Crazy, C-R-A-Z-Y. And uh, the theme, though, is you must be crazy. And I, I think we must be crazy. And we need to understand that to really appreciate what freedom is. Uh, and I thought about early in the week of kind of detouring from that theme since it was so close to the uh, Independence Day celebration. And then I got to reading and thinking about this acronym. Last Sunday we dealt with conviction. And that certainly is such a missing link in our world today. But we need to be convicted of our sins before we get to the real reason God saved us and for the passion that we ought to have for appreciating that forgiveness. Today, that second letter in that acronym is responsibility. And the reason I decided to go ahead and continue the theme, that second letter of the acronym, because freedom and responsibility are really the same thing. You can't separate it. And I think what we're seeing in our world today is the fact that nobody wants any responsibility. Everybody wants security. Nobody wants, everybody is willing, for the most part, to sacrifice or substitute security for freedom. And the problem with that is we lose both. We lose both. When you think about this nation and the fact that we have declared independence was sort of a crazy situation in itself. What I'm going to try to deal with today is a very profound story in the Bible. I know you're familiar with, it's called uh, the book of Esther. In that book, the name God is not mentioned anywhere, but he's everywhere. It's a book about a woman that God called out of a very low estate. An orphan even was adopted by her uncle, Mordecai. And he made her very beautiful, God did, for a purpose. And so, due to the providence of God, this woman, Esther, was noticed by King Xerxes, who was a very evil king. Kings could do what they wanted to. This man had already chopped people up in pieces for their disobedience. But he so was taken by Esther's beauty that he made her his wife. He had disannulled his wife Vashti because she was not willing to parade in front of the king. See, they had a party. They got pretty drunk about it all, and when that happens, your mind starts doing funny things. So he decided he wanted his wife, who at that time was Vashti, to walk before everybody to see how beautiful she was. 
Vashti, though, because she was a virtuous woman, would not have it. She said, I'm not going to do it. Well, it cost her her queenship. And then there comes Esther, see, to the scene. Esther was a Jew. Her uncle Mordecai had raised her, as I said. She didn't realize that her heritage was what it was. But the world has always hated Jews. The reason is that's where Jesus comes from. The devil has been trying to kill the seed of the woman from the Jewish line ever since Genesis. And he's still doing it. Antisemitism is one of the greatest hatreds in the world today. I wanted to say this kind of as an introduction. When we think about America, the Jews had been promoted or pronounced to have a decree by, by an evil man named Haman who hated the Jews. And he got so involved with politics with the king that he convinced the king to issue a decree that would annihilate all the Jews. Millions of Jews would be killed all at once. And all the king had to do was say it. And he did it. So we see here the situation of a nation involved. In America today, we see a nation that, that God has established, that God has called by his providence. But it's not just for Americans, it's for others. It's for Israel too. Did you know that Christopher Columbus's expedition, when he discovered America way before the Declaration of Independence, was supported by the money from Jews? Do you know that historians say that deep down Columbus had a Jewish affinity and that he delayed his expedition leaving uh, Europe to come here because he wanted to come on a special day that was celebrated as a Jewish holiday. God has blessed America to be a great nation. Everywhere Americans go, the military in particular, there's freedom. And the protection of Israel has been one of the great, great uh, purposes of America. I wanted just to say that because I want us to see this as a nation and how it all is together and it's going to depend to a degree on Esther because she's going to have to do something I'm going to read to you in a minute that is not going to see seem like the right thing to do it's really scary she can die because of it she has got to be responsible and I want us to see this as a nation, but I want you also to see it as a call to you and to me. That God is calling us to be responsible. And so would you please turn in your Bibles or would you stand in as you do? And I want to read the few verses from the book of Esther chapter 4. Esther, you know, is found just before the book of Job. If you want to turn there with me. And I've given you sort of a prerequisite or a pre-cursory uh, uh, view, overview of what's happening. But now I'm going to read the verses that really get to the point, I believe, of what I'm going to title responsibility and what Queen Esther did 
and what happened because of it all. I'm going to start at verse 13. Here's the word of God. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maids will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Please be seated. Thank you for standing with me a second. Okay, what is responsibility? A definition of responsibility is a fact of duty, of dealing with something, or having control over someone. That's what responsibility is. It's a fact of duty, of dealing with something, or having control over someone. You got to deal with things. We are so afraid of dealing with things. And it's causing us to be shackled by our fears, causing us to get involved in situations in our life so that we become in bondage to many sins. We have freedom in Christ because the truth will make us free. Okay? So when we don't deal with our sins and we don't confess them, and we rather go along with how we feel or what somebody else is doing, then we become in bondage to that sin. And it's a shame. Because God says, and he gives us the ability, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. And sometimes we let it because we're just afraid of responsibility. And we ought not to be. Being responsible. I want to say three things regarding responsibility. You know, to deal with something. I was over at my sister's the other day. She had a house fire and several of the fire trucks came there and they destroyed part of their house. And so I went over and she has a son, Garrick, who is maybe close to 30 years old. This guy's a living miracle. He, uh, he has had two heart transplants. She gave him, my, my, my sister gave him one of her kidneys because of the dialysis that he had been on and all the situation from the uh, Lasix and things about the heart. He also had cancer and went through chemo. I would say the guy's been through a lot. So I pull up to the house and the fire trucks are there and everybody's there, thank God nobody got hurt. He is at home, he's 
Not able to do a lot of things like you and my, me in life. So he walks out and he tells you, you know, he says, Uncle Randy, he says, we have this fire, but we got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. It's amazing to me to see people in wheelchairs and in nursing homes that will bless you. You ever wonder why you go to visit somebody that is sick and they bless you? Because they're dealing with it. So we need to deal with it. And that's what responsibility is. Esther was a situation where she had to deal with it. And I know that this is for the three things I want to say is regarding responsibility. Is, well, number one, responsibility is rooted in God's sovereignty. Because I gave you a prelude of what happened to Esther to know that all of this was not just happen chance that Esther just appeared in the kingdom. No, she comes for such a time as this. And I want you to know that so did you. Do not use, well, I'm just a sinner as an excuse anymore. People are running today from responsibility. And it's causing dire consequences in marriages, in homes, in churches, and in our nation. But it's rooted in God's sovereignty. I know for a fact that God has challenging each of you in your life right now. Do not tell me that you're not going through something. I know you are. Or you will. God says in Isaiah 43, when you walk through the fire, I'll be with you. Not if. When you go through the rivers, they won't overflow you. Not if. Jesus says, in this life ye shall have tribulation, not if you do. But what God is doing is teaching us responsibility. Because the only freedom we're going to have is understanding that we have God. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made, according to Psalms 139. Did you know that you have gifts and you have a purpose? Whatever your vocation is, whatever you do, God has placed you there for a purpose. Predestination is so exciting. It really is. I mean, you can get through life knowing that God is sovereign. Hey, this girl Esther, you know, God made her beautiful. Not that some man could lust after her, but because God was going to use her beauty to put her in a position where he, she could be used of him to show her responsibility and be willing to sacrifice it all. And God has given you a purpose and a responsibility. There's a sign, a little plaque over my sink that somebody in this church gave me, and it says, if God brings it to you, he will bring you through it. That plaque needs not only to be on your wall, it needs to be in your heart. God is sovereign. What comfort that is. What a blessing that is. Did you know 
that every contingency of your life has been planned by God before you were born. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Ephesians 2.10 says we are created unto good works which were given before in Christ Jesus that we would perform. So what I'm saying is when you got to deal with something do not run from it because God has placed it in your lap so that you will be able to deal with it and you will bring him glory, but you will be freer because of it. You see, freedom is not doing just what you want to do. You don't have your guitar, do you, Kai? You don't have it here, do you? Oh, you do? Well, it's got strings on it. Now, if I take one of Kai's guitar strings and I just cut it, I say, I'm going to make that free. I'm going to just free that guitar string. Would that be any good to you, Kai? You couldn't use it, could you? Just dangling around. Your life is like that. God has given you a responsibility because that's how you find your purpose. And happiness and responsibility come together because of courage. But it's rooted in the sovereignty of God. See, um, free will, you hear a lot about free will. That's not taught in the Bible. There's no, I don't say nothing about free will in the Bible. What God does, because he's sovereign, we have choices. We're not robots. No, we're not. We will give an account to God, every one of us, even our Facebook account. But here's the deal. God influences our desires. When God saves you by his grace, you didn't have anything to do with it. God did that to you. But he says to them that much is given, much is required. Therefore, the validity of responsibility is paramount in the Christian faith. So responsibility is rooted in God's sovereign. I think we see that in the book of Esther. See, God was putting everything in place And he did it in a way that didn't seem right. didn't seem right that Vashti would be not queen anymore. The woman was doing what was right. Sometimes in your life, you will get knocked down for doing what's right. You will. But you've got to know that God always writes the last chapter. (laughs) He does. That's what makes him God. And if God allows or causes something in our life, then he has a purpose in it. And I've said before, and I try to act this out, you know, Christianity, being genuine Christian, is not how you act so much as how you react. Maybe, just maybe, our righteousness could be promoted more and manifest more by doing 
what is right than spending so much time of trying to do what's not right. I think we miss a lot of opportunities. But here's the deal, you know, we want to criticize everything. That's, what, that's a good uh, consequence of irresponsibility. I'm going to just criticize everybody. You listen to the news today, it will make you sick. I was reading in 2 Peter this morning, it says that people that make fun of dignitaries, the Apostle Peter put them in the classification of, of false prophets, children of the devil. Yet in our news middles today, seem to have a big deal in making fun of our president. Now, I didn't vote for him. I don't plan to vote for him next time. But he is there because God ordained him to be there. He is. And we need to be responsible citizens. Secondly, I want you to say that responsibility, firstly, is rooted in God's sovereignty, but it's reinforced by facing our fears. See, when Esther was brought to, she had to face your fears. See, you can run and, 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 and maybe get some security in that, but you won't be very responsible. I mean, you got to understand that life is complicated. See, what is that uh, somebody said in a, in a contents of business? I think it's uh, this KISS uh, principle, uh, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. I'm not so sure that keeping it simple will not keep you stupid. Because what happens, you got to understand life is complicated. God will complicate your life. But it's a good complication. Marriage is complication. It's complicated. You know why people don't get married today, a lot of them? They don't want responsibility. We just live together. We're not to be responsible for anything. They're afraid. People don't join churches because they don't want responsibility. Man, I got travel ball every Sunday. I got to go this way and that way. I, I don't want the responsibility. I got to spend time with my family. It's the only day off I have. And we all the time, we're getting in bondage. It's just like the frog that's in the frying pan in cold water and you turn it up, you know, and he's just lazy. He thinks he's okay. It gets hotter and hotter. And after a while, he's, he's scorched. He's roasted. Face your fears. Don't tell me you don't get afraid. A man tells me he's not afraid is a fool. He's lying too. David says, what time you're afraid, trust in the Lord. Esther was afraid enough to get on her knees and pray and ask for others to pray for her. She said, look, I can die. This woman was afraid. 
I'll tell you what sin will do. We ought to be more fearful of God than anything. It'll keep us out of a lot of sin in our life. Sin will complicate your life too. It sure will. But it'll complicate it in the wrong way. Now what we need to fear, you know, success is not having everything work out your way. To deal with fear is not to have everything successful. To deal with fear is to fail. The problem is we don't realize we're failures enough because the world props us up and psychological tells us that everybody gets a trophy. We're all good people. And God's word says our heart is wicked and desperately evil. I know I'm talking to the best people on earth. But I'm talking to Randy Waters too. We need to face our fear. Our greatest fear ought to be God. When you fear God, the Bible says you won't fear anything else. We need to take responsibility to face our fears. When you take a vaccine or you build up natural immunity, you know how you do that? You get some of the disease. The best thing for us to do to face our fears is to have the failure in it. Somebody tells me they never failed, never did much. You learn from your mistakes. The worst thing that could have happened to Vesta is she would not do what God had called her to do because of her fear and miss an opportunity. And I think how many I've missed in my life. I don't want to anymore. I want to see the responsibility in the church, in our families, in our personal lives. And I want you to be understanding of this. There's a difference in being responsible to something and responsible for something. Ephesians 6, 1 says, let, let that every man bear one another's burdens. Two verses later, he says, bear ye your own burden. What is the difference? I'll tell you, as a church member, I'm supposed to be responsible as a preacher to this church. Because God often in Scripture infects the whole group by one. One sinner destroys much good. On the other hand, if I see some people up there jumping off a cliff or getting really close to the edge, and I go up there and I say, look, I have seen people fall off the edge of that cliff and die. Don't get so close to the edge. Now, if they jump, I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for the telling, though. See, that's what we're responsible for, the telling. We're not responsible for the jumping. But the problem is we're afraid to tell somebody the truth because we fear how they're going to react. They'll think we're judgmental, I bet. They'll think we're racist. They'll think they think that I think I'm better. <laughs> See, God's given the church the gospel, and the gospel is the only message that can heal somebody. It's not going to be props. It's not going to be cake sales or Kool-Aid stands. It's going to be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What Vashti had to do, in a sense, he had to go to the king and beckon his favor, not knowing if she's going to get it or not. And we have to go to God because we don't know either. We have to bless our merit on Christ. He is our only merit. We've got to face our fears. You know, we've got to realize, too, that while we see the importance of Esther in her life, and Vashti, too, as far as that goes, I mean, Mordecai did say, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. You know, we're not indispensable. We're not. If you, you know, if I decided uh, I wasn't going to preach anymore here at Statesboro Preaching Baptist Church, I bet you'd have another preacher here in 30 days. See, it not depend on me to be here. I said I wasn't going to mention Penny's name, but I'm going to tell you this. If something happened to me, if Penny wanted to get married again six months, she'd have another husband. I don't think she'd want to do that because I told her I'd haunt her if she did. But I'm just saying we need to know that, that we might miss it. We might miss this opportunity. I mean, you take a five-gallon bucket of water and you fill it up and you draw your fist in it and put it down the bottom and pull it up, you're not going to leave a hole in it. I mean, things are going to fill in. And God can do without us too. It's a wonder he will let us do anything. Breathe his air. Give him the, the, the attention we neglect giving him. Face your fears. Esther did that. And then lastly and briefly, responsibility is revival. When we consider how good God is. Think about where you come from in life. You know, it's a really a miracle that we're in, even here today. I mean, it's a miracle. <laughs> I mean, think about Esther, where she come from. This little orphan, somebody... I don't know what happened to her parents. Some uncle picks her up. She don't even have parents. And she comes into the place, and there she is. She's queen. I want you to know that God has made you kings and priests forever, according to Revelation 1. He has imputed the righteousness of Jesus Christ in your life. You are joint heirs with Christ. You're going to live forever with him in heaven. I mean, you have eternal life. David said in Psalm 27, says, I would have fainted had I not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, we can have all our freedom taken, taken away from us. We can. Except one. And it's our attitude. You cannot take a person's attitude away. They have been POWs in wars that have had an attitude they were free. They, made a, a, they had a perspective of things. I'm knowing that, that God is able to bring this evil-looking situation to a fruition that will glorify him and be for my good. Joseph in Egypt gave us God perspective when he said this, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What a blessing to see the goodness of God. What a blessing to be able to deal with our challenges in life. And I said early, and as I close, you, you got them. I've got them. 
Now, now, if you want to run from them, I mean, you can do that for a time. But, but you won't know the peace that God has in store for you, and you don't know what God's going to do for you or somebody else. I mean, it's just crazy. I could go on, you know, and I got to save some of this stuff for later. But I, I tell you, I think about Daniel in that lion's den. I think about those three Hebrew children. You know what happened when they went through the furnace? The king was converted. He sent out a degree that says, listen, all these, uh, this is the true God. Exert these here in the book of Esther. She goes. And he blesses her. He holds up that scepter. That's the goodness of God. I mean, when we come before God knowing the sinners that we are, do you see the goodness of God in that? Even in your repentance. The Bible says the goodness of God leads you to repentance. It's not your education, your theology, or any of your good raising. It's the grace of God in your heart. In order to make us more responsible, I tell you, there's a, a woman in, in uh, the New Testament. Jesus talked about her a lot. She followed around everywhere he went. Mary, one of the Marys. That woman had been cast out of seven demons, and she loved him a lot, so much. Jesus used her as an example because he said, He that is forgiven much, forgiven much, loveth much. What about you and me? Consider the goodness of God in your life and mine. I'm excited about what's going to do. You know, we don't need to be praying for easier lives. We, we need to get out of this food. So I'm gonna just, I just want security. I, I just want another stimulus check. I don't want to work for anything. I mean, you can apply that to your spiritual life. What we need to pray for is more strength, oh God, to meet the responsibility. If you're a husband or a father, to bring your children up, our mother, because you have a kingdom right in your house. Maybe we'd be better to think about more, response, more responsibly in our faith. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me for a closing prayer? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us responsibility. That wouldn't come without redemption. But thank you, God for the purpose of life, for every problem that you bring into our lives. We only pray that we would be responsible enough to know that you're sovereign. And if our sins are truly confessed and forgiven, Lord, we can deal with anything. We really can. Jesus went to the cross and died and suffered so much for us, we're not about to sit here and complain about some income, uh, uncomfortable situation or some situation we got to deal with that we don't like to deal with. We're not. Forgive us, Lord. Oh, Lord, if it takes more problems to make us more faithful, send them. Build up, Lord, those immunities that we need Help us understand that we can fail, oh God, and we have often, but we live with your righteousness and not ours because you tell us when a man finds his life, he's got to lose it. But to know too, Lord, we'll never outgive you. It's really not a sacrifice. 
It's not, because you always bless us so much more than we deserve and can ever imagine. Help us, Lord, to see your goodness. To worship our way out of every dilemma. Like Paul and Silas did in prison, just flat saying to you, thank you, God. Not because we feel like it, but because we just do it because we love the bare God, whether you bless us or not. God, thank you for our children, our nation, our husbands, our wives, our friends, our families. Lord, help us be responsible to make a difference as you would enable us to, for good and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.